Welcome to Hit Different, your weekly music culture podcast with me, Mikey Carl, so say Fiamoli, and this week's incredibly special guest, Tamil Rojon. Hello, Tamil. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Don't call me incredibly special. No, do you mean it? I mean you incredibly special. <laughs> there we go. You know it. He's incredibly special. Finish. Coming up with this episode, we have uh, a bunch of good shit. It's going to start off talking about the caps on live music venues, the capacity restrictions and what this means and what's been happening, for instance, for San Francisco and Jaguar Jones recently and, and bookers all over the country and just sort of struggling with this COVID normal and what that means. Then we're going to be chatting about what it's like to be an American uh, performer landlocked in Australia right now. Um, I interviewed Hamilton actor Jimmy J.J. Jeter about life in Australia, whether or not he's going to go back and how being over here has been inspiring his own music. So that was fun. Damn straight. And then to me, we're going to talk to you, sir. This is the one-line teaser. We're going to talk to you about your career, your muse, <laughs> and how the fuck you've managed to stay alive. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Podcast theme song. Welcome, friends, to my voice in your ears. Subscribe or follow wherever you're listening. You've probably done it already, but tell everybody. Send a tip or a story suggestion to podcast at mushroomgroup.com or check the episode description that some uh, crony writes for more ways to get in contact. Let's get into it. ASMR. Friends. What the fuck is going on with these live... Why isn't live music treated like live sport? It's art, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Having a bit of an issue here. Melbourne just gone through the fourth freaking lockdown. Uh, I tried to get to Dark Mofo this Here weekend. We so did yeah. Sose, oh. so did my other co-hosts. We had a junket lined up. It was going to be so sweet. Flights, oh, accommodation, no. yeah. Uber trips, yep. all paid for. All the tickets to all the gigs. The dream. The dream. Exactly. And this is how you know that we were dealing with people who haven't just been through the last year we've had because at various points I was like, are you sure you want to be booking this? Maybe like we can just hold on. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And we got you, babe. They yeah. did not have us. They did not have us. But that's okay. I mean, that's okay. Apparently, <laughs> we're over it. It's fine. <laughs> we so are here fine. and we are talking and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Victorian state government has announced further easing of restrictions for Melbourne and Greater Region of Victoria. Good. As the guidelines imposed following the fourth lockdown continue to change. This is from the music.com.au uh, story from a few days ago. Live music venues, though, are still having a fucking hard time staying alive. Yeah, they're struggling. A lot of it to do with ScoMo's hashtag vaccine stroll out and just how <laughs> slow we were with, you know, getting... Have you had jabs, people? I've, I've had jab in my arm because I'm 43. I've had one waiting for my next. I'm too youthful. Too youthful um, and beautiful. She's stroking her hair, by the way. I'm non-essential, <laughs> there's though. There's unicorns so. just jumping around. Know, there's Bambi's just got involved. Yeah. Yeah. No, Um. who knows when I'll be getting it done at this point mm. <laughs> um but soon i hope yeah, i mean i felt like i was part of the solution when i got vaccinated it was like one shot in yep. the right direction mm-hmm. now totally. can we all please just get, get on board get on board and yep. get this done for our country it's yep. uh, not a big ask it's not uh, no. it's not like we've got to go get shot at you know no, or... exactly particularly when you think about like the other sorts of vaccinations we've all had to have at some point in our lives like yep. 
Yeah. At some point, this COVID vaccination situation, I feel, is going to be like an, it's just going to be a blip that people are thinking about. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's a That's long blip at the moment. It's more a blob. Definitely. Blur. Definitely. But yeah, I was just like, wow, were people like this when we had to be vaccinated against polio or, you know, yeah. whatever mm. that mm. has now become standard for people to get it mm. ages XYZ? I mean, the, the sort of music international touring circuit mm. and scene is never going to fully come alive until no. everyone is vaccinated and we, we can't open up properly. We can't see our favourite bands. Our favourite Australian bands can't tour. Mm-mm. So, it look, it might be okay if, if you work in a fairly insular sort of um, industry. Yep, with guaranteed. Oh, with guaranteed. Oh, so yeah, great. With the, okay. with the structure there yeah, to we're, actually we're COVID, support it. You know, negative or like there's no new COVID cases. Well, that's great for your cafe or your restaurant or... Or, your what, office. What, or your office or whatever <laughs> business you do. But if your business involves importing and exporting culture, mm-hmm. eh, yep. Case in work. point, in the Sunshine Coast, a few days ago, uh, the night quarter had to call off a gig the day of for Jaguar, Jaguar Jones and for again, for Jaguar Jones and San Cisco, who are bleeding. They've been bleeding money mm-hmm. for a while, mm-hmm. trying to get this thing up. I think you've got a bit update for us here, so say. Yeah, so the, the reason why I feel like this has been doing the rounds is because they're essentially asking for compensation from the Queensland government, which is it might sound like a silly thought, again, to people outside of our industry, mm-hmm. but realistically, if this was any other field, you'd be probably well within your rights to be like, okay, well, if you're going to pull our income the day of, how are we going to be compensated for it? Yeah. It makes total sense, especially for San Francisco, who are WA-based. Like, it's not having a Sydney gig cancelled being in Melbourne. Like, you can't – there are so many uh, logistical fuck-ups oh, that yeah. are happening. I mean, there's, there's huge and how many to... times can people reschedule a tour before they eventually have to cancel it? You know, it's so much money that has been lost. So Yeah, look, I mean, you'd really love to see a precedent set whereby musicians are – compensated mm-hmm. um for for these sort of losses as as sort of happened with the tourism industries mm. um you know vouchers to go to the country to spend blah 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 um uh, inject money back yeah in, inject yeah. money back into the economy um i think that's this is all really important but i i would hate to be too cynical but i just think our government has a agenda against culture and critical thinking. And the I the think word arts in their mind arts. Ha- has this really sort of uh, kind of ugly, um, they hate us connotation. And, look, it, and it doesn't have to have it because it's much broader and more nuanced than that. Yeah. And I, look, I just think it's getting very obvious that um, there is an it agenda. Is, against, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that there's a, there's like, a clear wait, agenda against Wait our, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like arts degrees are like, to get an arts degree now is like 50% more expensive. Yeah, like yeah. I'm sorry, you, you might need to double check that, but it's it's in that order. Yeah. Like the it's there is the there's a, the you know sustained tactic against the ABC. Um, the federal government's been so slow off the mark to support the arts mm-hmm. um, through this um, you know um, shitstorm, shitstorm mm-hmm. um, like rise uh, the rise funding. Oh, yeah, the rising, rise not, the the right the, no, the rising the so rise grants have been really top heavy and not as we spoke about on our, one of the last episodes we mm. did up here different there have been some you know very large organizations and projects funded but not grassroots yeah. arts organizations 
which are, of course, feeding all, all mm-hmm. of those. And they have to start from somewhere as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what we, we're losing that part of the ecosystem at the moment, and that's kind of being ignored. There's a good example we'll talk about very shortly, uh, Tamil, with the Danny Warhols tour you're, you're about to do. There's two local sort of examples that I'll, I'll quickly run through, though. So I spoke to Sai Jay Gould this week from Wonderquart Island. He manages Hiatus Coyote, and they're finally they're launching the third album. You know, a lot's gone on. Napalm, the singer, has gone through breast cancer, had a mastectomy. Um, she lost her bird, Charlie Parker as well. She's a bit of a rough time, but they've come through. They're about to drop a freaking powerful record. Like it's, I think it's their best work yet. Anyway, mm-hmm. so they've booked in for the forum, 2000, 2000 uh, capacity, and they've had to split that now over two nights. Now these, with masks. So a thousand people wearing Fully masks. Seated? I'm not sure whether it's going to be fully seated. I don't, I don't think it's going to be fully seated. Some seated, some not. Gotcha. But they're now discussing whether they do it over three nights with these restrictions. And if mm. they have to do it over three nights, then how's Napalm's voice going to stand up? So sort of bear the brunt of that because she's doing this vocal mm. gymnastics and acrobatics and all calisthenics that she's never done before on this album. And so it's, it's going to take a lot out of her. So, but then does it also stand the chance of losing production value? Losing production value. And they don't make as much money because you can put on an okay show mm. with okay lights or you can put on a, a banger show that everyone talks about for years. And this feels like for Hiatus Cody at the moment they it level up again. Yeah. You know, yeah. They had two Grammy nominations, the first ever Australian act to get nominated for the Grammys in the R&B category. So that's one example. It's sort of very international. Locally, uh, Georgia Ferry, who books the gasometer, I had a chat with her. This is in Melbourne. Sorry to be so Melbourne-centric. But we are the live music capital of the world. <laughs> Erstwhile. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> It'll come back. <clears throat> so I asked her about the current state of play. And literally last Friday, the day before, they had a band cancel because bands haven't been out of practice because they've been in lockdown. So they haven't been able to hang out together and, you know, oh, get yeah. practicing, get their shit together. Hmm. I mean, get your shit together at the same time. I'm, I'm kind of in two minds about this. I don't cancel the day before a gig, especially when band bookers, Georgia Ferry spoke to Beat recently. She said, I'm a band booker, not a band canceller. But unfortunately, all the, the chats she's having to have with the dates she's holding, just for the laymen and the laywomen and the lay theys out mm-hmm. there, a lot of the time agents will approach band bookers and they will get uh, some dates held. You know, I'm holding this date, holding this date to see whether a tour will go ahead and, you know, Ideally, you, you do one and you sell it out and then you do another and off it goes. But she's had a bit of a rough time. And unfortunately, uh, they've st- uh, well, the Retreat Hotel, for instance, has stopped all live music until July 1. We still don't know what's go- how this is all going to play out, mm. but we'd love to be treated, the live music industry would love to be treated with the same respect as sport because we, you know, the more people attend live music and, and, and these kind of events as well. Tamil, you had a a tour booked with the Danny fucking Warhols where you're going to be the conductor. You've written charts. So mm. a symphonic tour for Danny Warhols and all their bangers, etc. Yeah. 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 That, no, that was a good one. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's going, <laughs> will that's, be a good one. That, it will. That will be a good one. No. So that's going into just before the first lockdown, I went and I played Golden Plains with prequel and, and smashed it out. Oh yeah. Mm. And just had a massive night at the amphitheater. Oh yeah. Was just there. hugging it out with strangers Jumped on a plane to Portland two days later, presented the scores of dandies. They're like, yep, love it, great, tick, tick, change, used to, da, da, da. Um, Portland, uh, Oregon Symphony Orchestra, Portland. You were in the auditorium? Yeah, yeah, in the so, auditorium. So, yeah, so Courtney Taylor tells the auditorium. It's kind of like the factory, but for, for the dandy world. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, there, anyway, it was all good. It was all systems going then. I just like came back to Melbourne now, like, yep, we're into lockdown. <laughs> how, how does this, uh, so, you know, um, soldier confinement? T- spin your wheels and I was like 
Yeah, go. <laughs> you go ahead. Shit. And I, I mean, I sort of tricky. He's being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I sort of had a bit of work to do on the charts still in terms of finalizing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, am I working for nothing here? Mm-hmm. Is you this- given any kind of advance? Um, yeah, well, a little bit, a tiny bit. But the way these things work is when you write orchestral charts for or an orchestral show for, for a big band, it's months of work. Yeah. It's a ton of work and it's expensive. Um, so most bands will pay you after the first show. So mm-hmm. basically you plan to do a, a whole series of shows and then you take the box office for the first or yeah. and then bands sort of forego their fee to pay for the charts and then they own them. So that's a very standard sort of situation. So this was another one of those type arrangements. So I did months of work. Um, and then, um, and it was like all systems go, yeah. all contracted, and then, you know, um, no show. Um, so look, we're still, we're still trying to get the show up and, and it still looks like everyone still wants to do it. And I'm talking to Art Centre Melbourne and they're very keen to do it. But I mean, uh, you know, my man, um, my man and girl there, they've, they've sort of, every time we sort of get to the point with, yeah, I think these are good dates. Um, let's Something do this. This happens. seems like a good run. Yeah, and new wave um, hits. And new wave hits. They have to cancel all that pro. You know, reschedule Hamer Hall. They have to rejuggle everything, and it goes back to the back burner. And then, of, of course, and and then uh, and then the question is, well, can we even? bring out a band from America yeah. and put them in the hotel room for, you Two know, see how that yeah. goes. I mean, I'd like to film that. That'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be disastrous. Not if you were the last junkie on earth. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so that makes that process just uh, continually difficult. And and most artists um, to survive, you sort, of, you sort of have projects that you know are, are going to roll out for a number of years. And then, and then you go, well, okay, so I've done this and that'll be the next couple of years. And then following mm-hmm. that, I'll be doing this. And then I'll use that it. to leverage that and that'll yeah. da, 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 da. And then if you want to sort of be nothing but a sort of musician for a long period of time, you need to have a really carefully woven tapestry mm. of projects mm. that are happening, are going to happen, and you want to happen. And they've, they've all got to mesh together and sort of roll into each other to create a career that, you know, might enable you to have mm. like a, just a standard wage a plumber might have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you're lucky, right? Something my girlfriend always says to me that you said to her, which is you do the cool thing and then that gets you the corporate thing or yeah, that, get, mm. that, that gets you the bigger thing. You know, do the, do the cool thing. Yeah, do the cool thing and then, and then because of the cool thing that no one actually wants, <laughs> <laughs> you make the money doing yeah. like the, the dumb corporate thing or whatever. <laughs> And there's there's a lot of grey area in the middle. Let's call that um, grey. What's my life. Grey. No. <laughs> Good. Fifty Shades of Erosion. <laughs> Love it, guys. That was excellent. Let's pump up the next story in the interview ahead. Oh yeah. Next up, we got our girl on the spot, so Sophia Molly, talking about Jimmy JJ Jetta. Great access, so say. But yeah. first, a bit of music. Yes. Jimmy JJ Jetta. Star of Hamilton here, yes. over there, everywhere. Everywhere. What did he tell you? Oh, Talk he t- us through oh, it. We, look, it's, it was one of those interviews where you go in. Well, For Rolling Stone, I should say. For Rolling Stone. Still relevant. <laughs> Still, yeah, look. 
I'm getting work with him. Just fucking yeah, shut the fuck up. Come on, Courtney, leave this in. <laughs> um, no, it was it was a good interview. Kind of got sprung on me. Um, relatively last minute, they're like, you know, we'd, we'd be keen to support the musical, and I was just like, sure. I'm a theatre kid. I'm not a theatre kid. Um, <laughs> so I went in anyway. Had this Zoom with this guy. Thought it was going to be a standard interview, and we spent like a good fifteen of the half an hour just talking about the records that he's into and you know we were talking more about this idea that we've collectively been talking about you know generating a culture you know and how to maintain that when you're either doing it on the smell of an oily rag or you're doing it in a in a space where it's really hard to sustain that so although he's been part of the original Broadway cast when he was based in Chicago he'd be working on his own music but also uh, generating these events in the local community over there. It's funny when we say local community because he'd be throwing like these house parties where you'd have um, incredible artists like Chance the Rapper and No Name just rocking up to do spoken word sets or rap sets at a house. How dope. You know, and which would be sick. And he spoke about it with such just like a genuine love for bringing people together from all different sorts of backgrounds. So. He does his own podcast as well. He does his own podcast, uh, the Exodus podcast, uh, which again is just talking about life in general, music, all of the above, just being a creative in this weird-ass time. But yeah, so he's currently based in Sydney. He's one of the only American actors from the original company to come over to Australia. To and do it was, Hamilton. Yeah, to do Hamilton, which is in Sydney until the end of this year, I think, and then mm-hmm. coming to Melbourne in March 2022. But also he's he's working on his own music as well, like really cool sort of um, lo-fi R&B stuff, really into what's happening in like the UK sort of R&B jazz scenes at the moment. Massive Jordan Rakai fan, just to kind of give you a bit of a vibe for it. Yeah. But so while he's been here and while he's not on stage, he's been working on production and, and kind of creating out of his Sydney apartment, which I think is a kind of what we were talking about earlier, you know, when we've been stuck inside for so long, do we feel the pressure to be constantly creative, especially creative when it's like, yeah, I'm going to just produce an album, but how do I want to release it? Should I be releasing it? Is this music that I'm actually happy to release or is it just music that is keeping my creative brain ticking? Mm, you know? In the middle of and, a pandemic, and, am I and, doing something? And will it be any good? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, can I get perspective. Yeah, 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 can you get perspective? I mean, I look, I had my, I had one of my first ever like proper fails mm-hmm. during the pandemic. So I, as a composer, as a as composer, a, mm-hmm. I've sort of, I've never ever had a problem in my life making any, everything I've always made has always been sure, great, I don't, it's great, yeah. let's do it. Why not? Everyone's like, yep. But I sort of, um, so I got funding to to write these um, sort of vi- like a violin sonata. For this stunning sort of uh, concert master, and you were telling me about this at the time. Sorry, debating me. Yeah, like, you're yeah. so surprised you got the grant. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm like, oh, this <laughs> is the one. Okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, like, I wrote this guy um, a, a three minute piece uh, several years earlier, and he just loved it. He was like, "Oh my god, Jamil, you have to write me some more music like this. This is just so beautiful and unique." And he's my favorite violinist. So I was like, "Okay, all right, what, cool." What's his name, Jamil? Uh, Roger Roger Johnson. So he was. Please a, share this on your socials, Roger. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so he was concertmaster of um, Orchestra of Victoria. Um, he's now in Europe. But anyway, so he was like, right, right, something. I was like, yep, yeah, okay. Well, now's the time. I'm just gonna. So, so, so I was like, okay, this is a bit of homeschooling, and then I'll split it with my partner, and da, 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 right, I'll just go to my studio and I'll just write it, and 
it's gonna be it's gonna be great and I just wrote and and I wrote and I wrote and then I sent him this music and he and, and I was like he he played something at a recital. And I was like, um, so, uh, so Roger, how, uh, <laughs> how'd it go? And he's going, oh, no, it was great, Tamil. Everybody liked it. It was really good. And I was like, no, 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 Roger. And I was like, no, 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 how did it really go? And he was like, no, to be honest, it wasn't as tenth as good as the other thing you wrote me. A tenth? Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, just, were you still in lockdown when you got I was still feedback? in lockdown and he was That's like, he, he was just, he was just like, oh, I'll just start again. And I was just like, I was just yeah. like, that took Everything, like every, like against the deep lockdown, just driving myself at the studio. Yeah. No, you're gonna write. No, you're gonna do it. No, you're gonna push forward. You must. You must create. And it was bollocks. Mm. And and <laughs> what I sort of learned from that, which is something I never really considered, was the thing. The thing about it is, as human beings, we, regardless of of whether you sort of bump into or interact with people you like or dislike hmm. or or love or or cherish or who are special or not all those interactions all those interactions are sort of what makes you create or me makes me create mm-hmm. what what I create and mm-hmm. and I've always thought you're no, a viber. No. you're a viber yeah but I, I mean I've always thought no no you just do it but <laughs> but it's actually not it's yep. It's yeah. it's your whole life and the incidental sort of moments that inform what you do. And if you take them away, suddenly your creative process is diminished. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my lockdown horror story. You're creating mm. to the abyss, and the abyss yeah. looks back at you. Yeah, but like that's mm. not for that wasn't for everyone. But um, I was going to say, talk about Julia Jacqueline mentioned in a great Pitchfork story about how she's in the middle of lockdown and she noticed that everyone on Instagram, you know, other musos were saying. We're gonna hit the studio today. We're, putting yeah. a, we're gonna do a record, and how that made her feel comes back to that great quote: "Comparison is the thief of joy." Hundred We all need to remember <laughs> on a daily yeah. basis, um, especially hard, when we're not doing anything but scrolling. Yep. Day yeah. in, day out, Absolutely. and seeing everybody else being like, "I'm living my best life in a studio," and you're like, "You, you fucking what?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I was, I was like that. I was thought, no, 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 no. I'm going in the studio, mm. and now's now's my time to do that thing that I always thought, but. Bumping into that dickhead on my way to yeah. my studio yeah. and having that weird conversation with that yep. guy I don't like, or yeah, or like, like oh, hugging it out. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh fuck, Prokovy. Oh, just oh, seriously, <laughs> oh god, you're such a tool. Oh, I love you. Oh, uh, yeah, all yeah, those yeah. things. Yeah, all, all, all of those things. I'm sorry, I need I'm sorry you bumped into me that day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> glad we're resolving this now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I fucking I find it extraordinary. I wrote something. It's just something off the top of my head for the age, which was a um a Zoom call that Hamish like came in Zoom for one more, but it was all the different kinds of Skype and Zoom and FaceTime against each other and trying to like dominate this call is in the middle of, and it just it didn't work is a piece i put it to the age and like like oh um and this other editor might be interested i sent it to that editor and they're like oh someone in arts i reckon will love this <laughs> and i just kept trying to push it and then i sent it to friends of mine nick and katie who managed courtney barnett um <laughs> and nick replied i kind of liked it it was best when hamish was involved and that to me was like Lift, leave this one. Like, yeah, drop yeah, the fucking yeah, yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Just let it go. Yeah, yeah. Just... I think what I did is it was just too long. I'm classic Mikey, like a Meredith review, fucking five thousand words. Yeah. It, was, it was like eight hundred words. It was at best one hundred eighty to two hundred words. Don't you, don't you. <laughs> just a little aside. So, yeah. but yeah, and but you go through those things, and and you you do need to feed off people, and 
in the middle of lockdown, it's still very mm. much relevant because there are a lot of places in the world still doing it. Um, I remember just walking outside and I would just be getting jacked on life. Like there was a guy called there's a guy called Harry. He's 91 years old, and he locked himself out in the lockdown. And I went in and I solved that for him. You know, we had to fucking order a locksmith and then we found out how much locksmiths were going to cost. And so I had to cancel him because we realized we could get in through the back. So I had to climb over his lemon tree. And then this local guy who had just been banging this chick all day, he said bye to her. He's like, well, what are you doing, man? I'm like, oh, we're trying to, oh, Harry's locked down. Oh my God. <laughs> so he gave me like this hoist off. We get through and Harry's like, oh, the back's not open, of course. It's like this classic old dude. He just walks around with like his like droopy tits out and he's just like Aww. a gem, just a gem of a bloke. Anyway, he gave me lots of lemons too. But those kind of moments you need, you like, yeah. these happen a lot more when we're not, you know, stuck inside, stuck inside our four walls. And I think Absolutely. as an, as an artist, yeah. Tim Allen is, as a writer as well. Mm. So say, yeah, it's, it's hard to perform at your optimum level. Yeah. When, I mean, uh, I went through like a good few months where I just, I didn't want to do anything because mm. I was like, everything I was writing, I was just like, I'm, you know, I went through a decent period where I was just churning yeah. stuff out. And I'm like, it's it's not good when you can't really remember what you've written. But people mm. might be like, oh my god, this is amazing. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, that that's when I knew I was just like, okay, no, you need to just back the fuck up. And mm. there's that great quote as well. Great, great, great. Um, what other people think of you is none of your business, which is kind of mm. it's sort of moved that away yeah. from an artistic sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. but just just on a, on a general sense because people get so caught up with what other people think. Totally. Yeah, this is just a Zen session, and this is just me <laughs> dropping not truth bombs. <laughs> I mean, the other, the other, the oh, other oh, off-brand Deepak Chopra. Keep the, going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, the other one is um, no one thinks about you as much as you do. Mm. I think about you so much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stop it! I you're do, lying. I do. Tamil's one of these people. He will, he calls so much, and I call people all the time. But you can look down. He'd be like, "Ask oh, Tamil calling. Oh, I've got the kids with me. I won't." <laughs> and then other days, I'm like, "Oh, Roshan, give me some Roshan. I need some I Roshan." Need dose. But you were you, great during lockdown. You remember me calling you like, "Just check it on your life force. How's your life force?" <laughs> great fucking question. And I'd be like, "Dude, I'm How is buzzing my life today. Force? I'm buzzing today." I've done hill sprints. I've done 80 push-ups. I'm going to sneak a game of basketball. It's contraband down at Morris Street Reserve in Pasco Vale. We happen to bump into eight other guys that I know. <laughs> it's weird. But yeah, very important to, to check in Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. And just have those, have those extra set of moments, those inter- incidental moments. Mm, Got to create them. If you're listening and you're like, oh, I don't really like talking on the phone anymore, fuck that thought. Talk on the phone. Pick, the phone is so just beautiful. Just pick it up. Because you're not looking at a screen. You can be doing other stuff. You can you can be literally working while you're talking to people. It doesn't do matter. Is that why you're so vague and off topic when I'm fucking <laughs> I'm sorry, talking what? to? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was that you, so or was that you? <laughs> yo, yo. All right, friends. We're going to come back with our third and final, the finale of this week's Hit Different, recorded on a deep Sunday night session mm. where we are all drinking. Clink, clink it, clink, clink, clink it. it. Yeah, Beware a white guy that says drinking. <laughs> Just really into Macklemore. Um. <laughs> Alrighty. Send a tip or a story suggestion to podcast at mushroomgroup.com. We love all your suggestions. They're coming thick and fast. Double entendre. Check the episode description for more ways to get in contact. In just a moment, we're going to be talking to Tamil Rojan about his brilliant career. Tamil Rojan. I've known you, uh, without saying too click, I've known you for about 20 years. I met your partner while I was working at Impress. She's working at Espress. She used to drive me home. I remember the first time I heard about your name. This is Tumil Rojan, the, the composer. 
I, Tamil, that's a weird name for a dude. Okay, <laughs> classic, ex, classic like alpha male. Twenty. Who is this guy? Like maybe I was. What was I? I was, I was thirty-one. I was like Tamil. That's an odd name. You got French background. Uh, tell us, Tamil, what is the one thing you would say to producers coming up and composers coming up? Like just this trinket of advice you would love to have heard when you were say 15, 16, 17? Is uh, I mean, uh, advice to people at different ages is important. Um, mm. So, to a young, to for a young uh, composer or producer, I would say um, focus on um, imitation mm. Um, mm. and just learn from your masters. There's a, there's a great um, Stravinsky quote, um, which is um, this. I mean, this relates to producers as well. It's um, it's like good composers borrow. Great composers steal. Bang on. <laughs> yeah. I um, love it. Tarantino, same thing. Tell him Boris genius steals. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, said that too. Yeah, but exactly. Stravinsky probably said it first. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. And then, Debate, Quentin, yeah. and then Quentin nicked it. Yeah, yeah. But I think early career, that's you You want to just get your sort of awareness around as mm. much as possible. Mm. Um, let me just bring it back. So let's zoom out for a second. So Timil Rosian is a violinist. He's a composer, a producer. He was part of True Live, who were the only bands to play Meredith how many times? Twice. Twice. Yeah, pretty sick. So you did the True Live thing, then you moved on, so which is True Live was, was rap rock before rap rock had a bit of a kind of name. Yeah. But yeah, let, let's not be snobby about it. It was, it was a fucking big vibe. And you played Meredith twice. It was huge. And you guys, you guys slayed. Did some touring overseas, did two or three France, yeah, 70 did shows. Europe, yep. uh, then you came to the Ra, the Ra Project, which is yep. something you did, which is a very sort of kind of spiritual, jazzy album. Managed to sell out the Melbourne Recital Centre off, the, off yeah. one single, pretty much, and yeah. a record. Like, no big. Yeah, you yeah. Know, no, no biggie. Um, Come on, Neil. Moved on and did uh, The Draw. So that was uh, the Collingwood St Kilda Grand Final. You set that to a score, including, I think, you had a very funny aside with Mick Malthouse. Oh, you, yeah, you yeah, did, yeah, what, yeah. What was it? Just quickly, yeah, yeah. So keep going. Well, so it was um, a, a live score for the MSO to the projected film of the match, and we re-edited the match and... Uh, in in making the the film, I was sort of working closely with my other Mikey. Sorry, I've got two Mikey. Um, and uh, well, there was this great scene of Mick Malthouse just losing his shit, <laughs> just smashing a phone, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's he's just he's just bonkers, this guy." So I was like, "Mikey, just I don't care where you get it from. I don't care if it's not related to the game. Get me as much footage of Mick Malthouse losing his shit <laughs> as possible." Amazing. So um, we cut together a montage of. Mick just going. Mick cutting sick. Yeah, Mick cutting sick. And I put a really dainty little Bavarian waltz behind <laughs> <laughs> Standing ovation. I love it. Sold out the gig as well. Yeah, so that was great. That was mm. um, Art Center, Melbourne, yeah, Home Hall. Mm. Beautiful thing. Moved on from there. And you've been, you do on prequels, recent record as well, doing yeah. some amazing, amazing strings. You've got a thing called Son of Nick's where you've sold out the Night Cat not so long ago, yep. uh, spiritual jazz record. Yeah. Somehow, like, I love the fact that it's the whole thing. Like, when Bob Sinclair put out Love Generation, it was just this wonderful left turn where everyone else was doing, like, sort of, you know, quite hard and yeah. just a cheesy fucking house and it was very serious. And he yeah. just came out, be the Love Generation with a beautiful strumming guitar. I remember hearing that uh, at Splendor, then I heard it in, at Fuji Rock. And I was like, it's just the, that just was those everywhere. moments. It was everywhere, everywhere, and everyone loved it. And I think that's what you did with this spiritual jazz record, "Son of Nicks," and also your new project, "Steady Weather." Who you doing with one of the founders of the Bamboos? Um, yes, so um, so "Steady Weather" is um, so the drums on it is um, Graham Pogson. Um, yeah, cool. Um, Rita Satch sings a lot of vocals. Al Joy sung some vocals on it. 
It's and and Ben Grayson, of course, is mm-hmm. my main man, who was founder of Bamboos, also yep. um, uh, sort of synth, sort of organ player. So that's that's my latest cab off the road. Yeah, <laughs> that's Hot my project. Next. Giles Peterson loving it. Yeah, that's the BBC. Uh, so that's my that's my next one, um, which I'm endeavouring to sort of uh, get up and do some concerts with. We got some nice support from Peeps and 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 around the place and. It's just nice to be doing some house music again um, mm. post Harvey Sutherland. Yes. And of course, Har- I, I yeah. skipped that as well. Harvey Sutherland oh, and yeah. Bermuda. If you look at the Resident Advisor video, a uh, little, yeah, the video of Australia and describing the scene in Melbourne specifically, there's footage of Jamil <laughs> on stage at Golden Plains of Meredith, leaning back, just like u- using your bow, your violin bow, just drawing the crowd and lying on stage, just like, just. Yeah, getting pretty violent. And everyone's yeah. loving the shit out of you. It's <laughs> yeah. such, yeah, it's so visceral. It's a beautiful thing. So you did all that. What not many people know, something you did was with Hanson. You what oh. now? Hang on. <laughs> oh, that's sneaky. Wait. It is sneaky. Fill me in. Oh, look, look, it was, look, I just, um, I just conducted their um, Australian tour, just conducted orchestras for their Australian tour. That take us back, take us back a little bit, though. Brilliant. It's fucking good, isn't it? Brilliant. Because that, that thing smashed, like, it everyone loved it. And Tamil, I think you kind of tried to get out of it. <laughs> you were, come, come on, come on, just, can you, can you just tell the story with the, with the beginning, middle, and end? Oh, no, no, look, look, I was, I was into it, but I was sort of just curious as to what exactly it was before, <laughs> <laughs> before I was going to do it. Um. And, um, you know, look, look, I was really glad that I'm, I was super glad that I did it. And, um, also, um, super glad to read the charts. Um, and because the, the orchestral, so I didn't write these arrangements, I just conducted them yeah. and booked orchestras. Um, and you kept saying, what about, you know what? I've got the perfect person for this. <laughs> that's what you were saying to Hanson. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we've got the perfect yeah. person. It's you, Tamil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. It was, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. A conductive sort of friend of mine. Who's a bit more of a serious conductor than I am, um, and I was like, "Look, you know, this. How about this guy? He's he's great. I'll fix it. I'll fix it." And they're like, "Bob, yeah, they're like, no, 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 no. We want you." And I was like, oh, "Yeah, I forgot that I tried to palm it off." Mm. Yeah, Fabian Russell, he would have hated it too because he your bank balance <laughs> hasn't forgotten though. Yeah, no, no, I'm, good decision. Yeah, I know. Look, it was it was the right thing to do. Totally. It sort of, it sort of uh, somehow got back to Portland as well. Like the dandies, the dandies knew about it. This is dovetailing beautifully. Mm-hmm. This is this is a um, reprise. Is that how you say? Yeah, reprise. Yeah. Is it yeah. reprise or reprise? You're French. You should know. A reprise. 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 <laughs> um, look, no, no, that was that was totally fun. Um, look, the thing about it was the charts were made by can't remember his name. Oh, I've had a blank. But anyway, um, Beck's dad, um, oh, Pauline. Nah. Anyway, immaculate charts. Yeah. So the arrangements. It, like this guy is like Hollywood's, like America's first call. Like you name it, he's worked with them right. in 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 the pop world, and they're such elegant charts. And like I'm not a, 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 all right, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna come clean with you guys. I'm not a number one Hanson fan. I am shocked. Yeah, I know. I, I know, am I know. shocked. I hate, okay, well, I'm, I feel like we trust each other here. Yeah, the Dust it. Brothers produced that first record, and yeah, it's like a, it's a pop bangers. It, it's it, look, it does stand up. Look at well, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> look, at, look at every time they've every time they've come here, yeah, I've always well. been blown away at how hectic their fans are. It's like, they, like, they, like, look, their their fans are way hectic. I felt it. Uh, look, yeah. Look, and and look, to, to be to be fair. 
they have good songwriters and they have very accomplished musicians. Mm. It's like bang, bang, bang. They don't like miss any. Mm. They just sort of really nail it. Fans super hectic. Like I met I met one fan outside the opera house and she was like, oh, you 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 conduct a thing and I was like. And she's like, and I was like, yeah, 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 and and, and, like, and, please, she, was, and she was like, oh, great show in Melbourne. I was like, oh, so you went to Melbourne? Yeah, they'll yeah. travel. Yeah, and she was like, yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. And she's, she's oh, I'm, I'm going, I'm doing the whole tour. Wow. And yeah. I, and I said to her, you, you do realize that's pretty weird, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and yeah, I know. And she was like, I'm a QC. I spend my money the way I want to spend it. And I was like, oh, please Fair. don't represent me ever, like us. Like, <laughs> Oh, anyway, there she to is. To be fair, you probably will need representation yeah, one day. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there she is in Canberra sitting outside the theatre in the cold with what the rest gem. of the fans. Yeah. Like, what a gem. I mean, loved it. And, you know, bless her. Like, she, like she's got a point. It's her money. She can yeah. do it, do okay. the hell she wants with it. But, they, yeah, they had a lot of heat when walking out of the theatre. Mm. Like, the fans are pretty intense. Warren Ellis Hardcore. said years ago before, you know, Dirty Three really took off. He said, if you'd, if you'd told me, you know, it, it's a weird thing to back a violinist in an instrumental sort of yeah. you know moody post rock band. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. And he goes, "I'm glad I backed myself." You know. And before we ask you a question about it, um, he also sort of said, and "This will make you feel a bit better." When he when he wrote the proposition uh, score with Nick and the other one they did as well, he said it was the most just like brain fucking difficult thing where the, the producers and the directors would come back and say, "Actually, we we really like this, but this bit we're not feeling at all." And you know, and like that was my favorite. Bit. I can't cut that bit. Then you need to move this and move that around, yeah. and it's that whole thing. Kind of like, dismantles what you were exactly like. This is all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is all going somewhere. So yeah. we went through all of this. Doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. What mm. made you fall in love with the violin? Oh, look, I always did it from an early age, um, as most whereabouts most do. Um, uh, so I was living in the Dandenongs, and so whereabouts specifically in the Dandenongs? Uh, Selby. Shout out, if you're listening to the Dangles, you don't have any power, you will get power back soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thoughts mm-hmm. yeah. um, so, yeah, uh, so fr- from, a, from, from a young age, but also playing drums um, and not taking violin that seriously, but sort of keeping it up, um, playing drums, and it's just like Andy Land smashing pumpkins. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, I just want to just, I'm just champlain. I just want to, you know. God, just, yes, I, yeah, just, like, just want to play drums just like that. And then, so I had this band, I was playing drums in, and it was like, got the violin out, and, and I sort of plugged it in, and and then everyone was like, "Yeah, look, that's kind of cool." I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, maybe, 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 maybe this, maybe is, this can." This, yeah. How old were you maybe when this happened? Because oh, this is a brave thing 16 to do. Or seventeen. To rip a violin at no, and no one was doing that. People were like, yeah. oh, "Let's get a DJ in." <laughs> yeah, I was always too big for people to just like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "You got a problem with this violin? Let's talk about it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my bow, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and then I sort of mixed it in the band and was like, oh, okay, well that's kind of cool. And we had a tune called the Trip where I just like play lots of delays and effects mm. and weird stuff. Oh. And, and then I was like, oh wow, you know, okay, oh uh, Jean Luc Ponty, jazz rock fusion, um, <laughs> oh Boogaloo, um, oh uh, post bop, oh, bebop, 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 VCA, college, New York. Jazz, 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 jazz. New York. And then yeah, boom, out, out of jazz into hip-hop. Yeah. And then, and then yeah, hip-hop and then, you know, yeah. and then the Ra Project, which is sort of like cinematic orchestra and it's orchestra jazz, crossover, yep. crossover, yeah. house, house. Yep. And and now I'm just like diving back into the jazz pond again. Good man. That's a really nice little timeline of, of, your, oh, of your life. Refreshing. It's a refreshing yeah. thing. Yeah. How did it feel kind of returning to jazz after 
like a like cacophony of of other nonsense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> other nonsense of all the other stuff. No, look, jazz was jazz was just there waiting. Jazz, jazz the, is always waiting for yeah, you. Yeah, jazz was just there waiting for me the whole time. With you open know? arms. And I, I look, the thing is, I sort of like you know, yeah, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a jazz musician. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I play jazz. Play, mm. I can play jazz. It's like, but yeah, have you have you made a record? That's a oh. thing. Is that, that the thing that pushed that's you? And that, no, so, well, so that's well, what jazz like, cats say to each other, is it? No, but that's what I said to myself. Yeah. Sorry, that was Tamil talking to Tamil. Internal pressure. Guy. Yeah, it's like, well, have, well where's, where's How the record? How can you quantify it? Where's the record, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude? Like, what are mm. you? Like, you played a few sessions. Like, mm. great. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> when, so, so make a record. When did you get the lightning in the bottle idea of calling it a spiritual jazz record? Because everyone in Melbourne has latched onto that. People in, I'm oh, sorry God. to be so Melbourne. Have they? Yeah. Have they? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you sold out the it. fucking Nightcat. How many tickets you sell at the Nightcat? Uh, 500. And I know, for a spiritual jazz violist. Spiritual yeah, jazz viola. viola. It's like City people thing. got it. That's know, so good. Brisbane yeah. people got it. Look, I mean, spiritual jazz is just <laughs> spiritual <laughs> jazz is just a, another uh, way of sort of saying modal jazz, mm. right? And modal That's jazz, feel. modal jazz is just a type of harmony mm-hmm. and the way chords progress. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's just the way that we deal with harmony and grooves. But um, it, you know. Uh, Playing with um, you know, with Harvey Southern, we we did this show in um, a big warehouse in Nice somewhere, big techno party, mm-hmm. lots of stages and mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. Ferris Sanders opened. Mate. We we came on after Ferris Sanders <laughs> with Harvey Southern, and then Th- floating warming us up, yeah, and, and then floating points came on after us. Yes. And like doing, he was doing his um his uh, modular mm-hmm. like hard sort of techno stuff, and I was like. All this music mm. sits under the same. Yeah. It sits under the same tree, you know, under yeah. the same umbrella. It's it's the same people all all like this. Mm. Yeah, you know, like like people who like you know like techno and whatever and house music. They also love modal jazz. Mm. It's just sure. called spiritual jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and spiritual is sexier word than modal as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it is. Mm. I mean, I used to be like, well, you know, for fuck's sake, like spiritual like isn't all music spiritual if it's good i mean like what is bach not spiritual like we're gonna call that spiritual classical music i sure. mean you know it was made in churches mm. you know True. for churches yeah yeah, yeah. That's you know like it's all sort of i mean i don't know isn't everything spiritual if it's done well uh, i'm quite spiritual drinking, this, drinking in a studio with this this will never happen again the three of us in this studio right now that's dope think about that yeah well, timmy i've got an idea I thought it might how <laughs> <laughs> We've got another <laughs> Shit. How are you going for time? Because I want to smash out a bonus episode. Are you up for that? Yeah, I can sure. do it. Excellent. Thanks to our co-hosts, Sosie Fiamoli, Antonio Rojan, composer, producer, badass. We are going to quickly fill up our champagne. No way, no show way. <laughs> and then we're going to do a bonus episode of Hit Different, all about music that hit different for Tamil <laughs> different parts of his life. Let's get it. Mm-hmm.